Greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ, for once again, welcome to Men on a Mission. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Zeke. Got a special guest in studio today. I think you're going to really like to listen to this man's faith journey, so stay tuned. Stay right there. I'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the program, Men on a Mission. Uh, I'm your host, Bob Zeke. I'd like to introduce to you today my special guest, Mr. David Friedrichs. David, welcome to the program. Thank you, Bob. So great to have you here. Well, as with uh, all of uh, the men who have sat in the hot seat led you're sitting in, uh, people out there are interested on, on men on a mission, men on a journey. So it always starts at the beginning, doesn't it? It does. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, how you grew up and raised and whether or not you're married and how you came to the faith. Very good. Thanks, Bob. You know, uh, many p folks have different uh, journeys, and I don't know that mine's all that unique, but I would say that uh, certainly was born into a Catholic family. I was the fourth of five children. My parents were very involved in our parish down in Texas at the time. Uh, and as our family uh, grew, I was the, the fourth of five, so we had a younger brother a few years after me. And uh, over some time, unfortunately, my parents had some challenges in their marriage, and ultimately they did wind up separating and divorcing. Mm. Uh, the, the reality of that was then we went into, you know, what was very common at the time and maybe still today, but, you know, the every other weekend cadence with one parent and then the other. And my dad was, the, uh, was essentially the, the, the rock of the faith in our family. He was much more um, devout. He'd been part of a Catholic family before, you know, his parents and grandparents and family. And my mom was a Protestant, but she had become Catholic after marrying my dad. I got you. So while I lived with my mom, uh, most of the time, uh, every other weekend, I'd spend that weekend with my dad. And uh, he eventually remarried. And unfortunately, that meant that you know, he wasn't going to be in the church. Uh, and so he became Episcopalian. And I think uh, the jokes back then was Catholic-like, you know, a little bit. It was very much like uh, he, he joined a very conservative church. It was in the Episcopal faith. It was very much like uh, the church that I'd known as a Catholic growing up, with the exception of the, uh, the priest's wife and children sat in the front row of the church every weekend. Yeah. But as far as, uh, as far as the ceremony of the Mass and, and all that, it was very, very similar. And certainly the gospel readings and the readings and so forth, the teachings were, were perfectly aligned. And my dad chose that church for that reason, because he really always was a Catholic at heart. Okay. So that's, that was kind of my formation years. Ultimately, in eighth grade-ish time frame, I was confirmed in that church. And, uh, and, and, you know, that was my faith. Um, so fast forward a couple of years, I'm a junior in high school, and I met my wife. Uh, we met at a high school dance, and there's plenty of great stories about that. So you that. have one of those relationships, too. Huh? <laughs> I do, yeah. Married your high school sweetheart? I did, yeah. We, uh, we met in high school, and we dated for five years, and ultimately got married in the church. And I remember <laughs> working with uh, the Monsignor who married us. And uh, he kind of got on to my wife. He said, what have you been waiting for? You know, <laughs> so we're you know, our early 20s, uh, but we'd been together for five years and, and we got married. And she's the love of my life. We've been married uh, 37 years now. And uh, uh, she's certainly Fantastic. the love of my life and certainly the rock of my faith as well. Oh, um, man, that's awesome. So, 
so that's how that's how that all started, and that's kind of what my my early uh, years were. So were you, were you married then in the Catholic Church? Then we were. Yeah, we absolutely were. We did all of our marriage preparation in the church. Uh, and uh, my wife's a bit of an overachiever when it comes to faith. We had to choose between three programs. We could do a uh, par- a, uh, a uh, engagement uh, weekend, which is much like these retreats that we might do for a parish renewal weekend or right. a church weekend. Right. We could do an engagement weekend, uh, or we could do a series of meetings with the priest, or we could do a series of meetings with a married couple in the church. Well, we did all three of those. We, we only needed to do one, but my wife, again, an overachiever, uh, we, uh, she convinced me, and we did. We did all three. And they're very enriching experiences. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think about... Um, she really took the, uh, the sacrament serious, didn't she? She did. She, she did, and she still does to this day. Uh, she, again, uh, if, throughout our time this morning, I know that you would... Her, my wife will come up many, many times in our conversation. That's all right. Because I, I definitely point to her as, uh, as a strength of my faith. That's a great blessing. Uh, she'd be very proud of that. I am. I am. And, and, uh, and, and she's had that strength for our family uh, throughout the years as well. Um, so if we fast forward a little bit, you know, then we, uh, once we got married, we started our family. We, had, we have three children. Uh, they're all adult children now. We have three grandchildren. We're blessed with uh, congratulations. Well. Thank you. That's that's uh, they are the children and the grandchildren are the blessing in in our lives. That's, <laughs> there's no question about that. They can be. That's for sure. So, so uh, what uh, after you get you were uh, Anglican and you get married, you you kind of come back into the fold. I did. So, where did uh, you know who? brought you along then uh, along your spiritual journey on your mission being a man on a mission to really embrace the faith in a deeper more meaningful way absolutely and i you know there's we have this term cradle catholics and i i told you before we started uh, the the program this morning that i I consider myself a boomerang catholic because obviously born and baptized had my first communion all in the catholic church right uh, and then Due to my parents' situation, kind of left that. Did confirmation in the Anglican Church, and uh, and then my marriage prep was all in the Catholic Church. So it was a very much a comeback to the faith. Um, the Monsignor, uh, my wife and I grew up in Texas, and so all of these events happened down there. Okay. And the Monsignor that uh, helped us prepare for our wedding uh, kind of noted that I had not been confirmed, and so he learned the story that I just told you. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you know, we're not going to have time to get that done before the wedding, but you need to do that. And so I said, okay, we'll do that, kind of in the back of my mind, someday, right? <laughs> okay. And uh, I can tell you, in the, uh, in the grand scheme of things at that point, uh, my faith was still, you know, the small mustard seed. Uh, I certainly uh, spent time with my wife um, uh, going to church and going through the motions, but I would say that my faith had a lot of growing room well, in those days. We're totally invested yet, as they say. Huh? <laughs> that, that would be a, a good way to put it. Yeah. Okay, all right. And uh, and so uh, so some time went by. Uh, I had the fortune to uh, get transferred with the company I worked for at the time to Missouri, and I got to tell you that uh, from Texas, which is um, very different in terms of Catholicism to Missouri was a big change for us and for my wife. We all of a sudden found ourselves here in uh, St. Charles County um, and uh, with the number of Catholic churches around that we didn't have to drive a half hour to get to our church was pretty incredible. 
Uh, in fact, I think it took us three weeks to find the right church that we were supposed to live in because <laughs> okay. we didn't, this notion of parish boundaries and mm -hmm. where you're supposed to go didn't, that wasn't a, a thing in right. Texas. It was right. 20 miles to the closest Catholic church and that's kind of where we went. And um, so we started off here. Uh, we, we became members of our parish in Cottleville, which is a, a, to this day a blessing for us, St. Joseph Parish in Cottleville. And, um, and after some time, we knew that, we, well, after our very brief time, we knew that we wanted to get engaged in our community. And uh, I had some friends from work. Uh, my wife was complete transplant to Missouri. We had no family here or anything like that. So our social network at the time was really limited to just a few people that I knew from work. And so we very much wanted to get uh, very involved in our, our parish and very involved in our faith. And so back then, they had a program that was um, called the Parish Renewal Weekend. So it was for couples to go to. Uh, and I remember Monsignor Whitehead at the time, uh, we went into the Parish Renewal Weekend, and we got to know an incredible amount of couples that we're still friends with to this day. And that was truly my first um, adult experience uh, in kind of reinvigorating my faith. And uh, the thing that happened out of that was I made a commitment that I would, in fact, do what I'd promised the Monsignor who married us someday. We're 10 years married at this point, and I had not yet gotten confirmed. Okay. And but so, unless you, it was still rolling around in your head. Absolutely. It was, <laughs> okay. It was, it was the seed that he planted, and I made right. a commitment to. And so shortly after that, I um, joined RCIA and went through the entire formation, uh, again, at St. Joe's in Cottleville, and, uh, and was confirmed. Uh, I remember my, my sponsors that I worked with uh, through the time, the, uh, the individuals who are doing the instruction and all that. I learned a great deal about my faith uh, to add to, you know, kind of a, a lukewarm commitment that had uh, preceded that. And that was probably, you know, another rung up the ladder of my faith. I mean, I've given you a couple of steps along the way, but certainly that was a... I'm a so glad forward. you mentioned that. Uh, for most people, most Catholics... Uh, there's this uh, idea in, in the church today, in, in amongst Catholics, I believe, that those who are formed uh, early on in their uh, childhood, you go through the process of preparing for your first confession and your first communion, and you do that, you know, you're six or seven years old, and then you, uh, if you're fortunate enough to go to a Catholic school, there includes there in their curriculum studying the faith. And a lot of times for a lot of kids that don't go to a Catholic school, they might go to PSR and they're only getting a little bit of it. But still as a young age, unless you're really paying attention or whatever, uh, those seeds might be planted, but they haven't really sprouted yet. So by the time you get to eighth grade and prepare for confirmation, uh, a lot of people kind of look at this whole process as, uh, okay, I've, I've, I've been baptized, I've received the sacrament of uh, reconciliation, my first communion, and now I'm confirmed. Check, check, check. I've got it all. I'm done. I'm Catholic. I'm yes. Catholic. And unfortunately, uh, that's not it. It takes a continuation of uh, educating yourself in this faith on what it really is we believe. So why don't you pick it up right from there, right? Sorry for taking so much time out of yours. No, absolutely. I think it, it, it adds a lot of richness to the conversation. Right. Bob, thanks. 
So, um, so over some time after we did the uh, RCIA, then the other thing I realized was a lot of the people who were sponsors, much like we'd seen in Parish Renewal Weekend, they came back and put on the following weekend. So I thought, well, I'm going to go through this once more as a sponsor. And so I was able to sponsor a wonderful woman uh, who was in a similar situation as, uh, as uh, um, she had married into a Catholic family, but she okay. was not Catholic. Okay. And so she wanted to go through her faith formation in RCIA, and eventually she was confirmed. So that was a beautiful experience to, uh, to help that individual right. along the journey. It's probably one of the most... Um, giving things I'd done in my faith up to that point, right? To, to, to take that time commitment for several months, you know, one night a week and a few different... Um, Do you think you that know, had an masses. impact on you? Oh, absolutely. I'll never forget the individual. Un unfortunately, she had, a, uh, she had an accident many years later, um, and uh, she's passed away now. A young woman passed away, left some kids, but I'll never forget her and that experience and um, what that what that did for not what I was able to do for her through right. the gifts that I've right. been given. Right. And also the, the return was probably the first time I experienced, boy, the return of giving is so much more exponential. Uh, you know, we've, we've, we've done a good job of trying to, you know, write out checks to the church and give that and support the church. But, um, you know, other than participating in the church, you know, you, the, the give, the give, what you get back when you spend that much time with an individual and what you get back through that relationship is so much more meaningful. And that was probably my first experience there. I would imagine uh, doing that. It really made your faith come alive. It did, because I felt like I was the example. that right. had to, I had to be the example for this individual who was, you know, hoping to join our faith. Right. And uh, you don't want to mess that up. That's right. right. This <laughs> is an important moment in this person's life. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So we enjoyed that, uh, and then I would say that you know we went into a uh, a bit of a status quo for a while. I mean, I was a young man, young kids were raising them uh, in the faith. You know, never moved away from that. It was church every weekend. It was uh, PSR for our kids, and uh, always trying to grow them in the faith and do all the things that a family will do. Uh, you know, prayer before meals, get them to confession. You know, midnight mass on Christmas. Uh, you know, the Easter vigil on Easter. All of these things were a big part of our family, uh, you know, faith growing up. And uh, so all of, our, all of our kids did all of their sacraments uh, and, um, and, and, and all of that. So that was, uh, that was really good. As they became adults, there was something kind of missing, right? You know, then we're like, okay, we've, we've done our job as parents. Uh, we've got grandkids now, and we're really enjoying them. And we do what we can with uh, grandkids to help form them in the faith. Uh, but something really interesting happened, and, and again, I, 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 I'll call it another rung up the ladder. My wife went on a mission trip with Joy FM. I told you I'd talk a lot about my wife today. She, so the Joy FM radio station, uh, we can talk about another radio station here, can't we? Sure. <laughs> she, had, she had caught wind of, of their mission trip, and she joined them and went down to Ecuador on a mission trip. And she got the mission bug. And, uh, I, you know, at the time, I wasn't in, too interested in taking off time for works for something like that. Uh, but she went and she came back and said, what a great experience that was. And uh, so the following year, I made a commitment that I would go with her. Okay. Uh, she was busy on the day of the informational meeting. So I went down to the radio station down there and got all the information, came back home, shared it with her. We agreed we would go. The next morning, I called them up and said, well, sign us up. And they said, we're sorry. We filled up right after the informational meeting yesterday. 
Mm. You, you had your chance and you blew it. So, um, so then we were, we were troubled. We we're like, well, we're called to do this for sure. What are we going to do? And uh, through a family member, we connected with an a, a evangelical pastor up in Canada mm -hmm. that does this uh, very extensive sets of missions down in Bolivia. And um, not to get into that in too much detail, but there's an area of Bolivia that becomes inaccessible during a rainy season and the flood season. Uh, the villages are all cut off. They have no supplies. That These villages are on their own uh, to get through this. As the water begins to recede, the first way that you can reach those villages is over water on a riverboat. You can't, still can't get there over the, over the land through, on a truck or anything like that. And this pastor's mission was a, a, was a six-week mission with a riverboat to visit about 45 villages and wow. bring them food, uh, medicine, uh, doctor visits, um, pharmacy, uh, some clothing, uh, and uh, you know, uh, minister to them in their faith. We would right. have uh, you know some sort of a, a ministry each night, and he broke that up into three two-week uh, missions and filled those with volunteers. And so my wife and I had the middle uh, mission. We flew into Santa Cruz. We had to take a twelve-hour uh, bus ride uh, to a village <laughs> uh, closer to the river, and then uh, there were uh, sixteen of us that had to take four uh, four-man plane trips out to the river in Little Cessna. That got our, our supplies and our people right out on the river. And that was the only way we could get there. We spent two weeks on the on the riverboat. We ministered to about nine villages during that time. And, uh, you know, boy, if you want to appreciate the blessings that we have here in this country, do that. Because those folks are, <laughs> yeah. they are Christ-filled. Uh, they love life. But boy, they are marginalized folks in the biggest way. And uh, being able to minister to those people uh, over those 10 days was incredible. Um, and it lit me on fire for uh, being a mission, uh, a missionary, if you will. The only unfortunate thing was my wife and I were the only two Catholics on the boat. Wow. And if you've. If you've and this is a priest who's doing this? It was a pastor. Okay, uh, so a, it, it was a Christian evangelical. Yep, okay, exactly. All right. So my wife and I were the only two Catholics on the boat, and uh, and we had our own spiritual needs, uh, sure. you know, in spiritual meetings during the the boat where we would give witness and all these sorts of things. And the the perspective that my wife and I had was always just a little bit different than everyone else on the boat. <laughs> and uh, so, as much as we loved it, and what, as much as we loved it, and enjoyed the uh, the time with those folks, we also recognized we wanted to uh, have that sort of an experience with Catholic. Uh, brothers and sisters. And so we came back and we sought out uh, a Catholic mission. And Deacon Dave Billings out of St. Joseph in Josephville, Missouri, has and his wife Chris, uh, they have been running annual missions down to South America for several years. And we connected with them, a great couple, and we've spent uh, at least, I'm losing track now, at least three, perhaps four mission trips to Guatemala and Belize uh, their, their mission trips provide instruction, education. Typically, there's a construction crew that does some sort of a work at a Catholic school or a, a Catholic church. I've kind of forgotten, or, or I mentioned a radio station earlier. Mm -hmm. We did some work at a Catholic radio station down there. And so um, a lot of that sort of work in, in parts of the world that when you show up and help, uh, the people are so grateful and they're so gracious, and they have almost nothing. 
you know, you but think you experienced about that same thing even when you were with the evangelical trip to the point being from a Christian standpoint, just surrendering yourself for other souls and, and understand the, uh, the need there uh, to really help people who are less fortunate than us. A so, absolutely. So uh, living the, the, the first the two greatest commandments, love God first and love your neighbor as yourself. Putting that in action. And, and you know, I'll tell you what, we talked a, a moment earlier about uh, Bob Fry, a good friend of both of ours. He's passed away now. But Bob and his wife, Jody, were always supportive of Alicia and I on our missions. We, you know, these were expensive. And we had, uh, you know, we didn't, haven't always had the means to be able to just cover the expense. And we could always count on, on them and other parishioners and other, other friends and family to kick in a little bit and make that, you know, cover that gap that we needed to cover to make those trips happen. Wonderful. And uh, we're just so blessed by so many people that have been a part of that. Uh, our Christmas cards for many years were Christmas cards going out asking for money to, <laughs> to support us on our mission trips, right? Yeah. And uh, the, the support that we got was incredible. And we were able to take all of those people's uh, wishes and uh, treasures and their prayers with us as we did his work in, uh, in these very remote parts you know, of the world. And, and on that note, uh, it's... it's if you can't go, at least you can help somebody who can go by being sharing in the mission, maybe by just writing the check. Right, right. And, you know, the benefit, God recognizes all of that and uh, blesses everyone who gives something, time or talent, right? Time or material. A absolutely. And those are the only things we can give, our time, talent, and treasure. I mean, right. we hear that every every year during Stewardship Sunday. Right. I'm a big believer in that. I, uh, When I'm in any of the ministries that I'm part of today, uh, we talk a lot about uh, so exactly that. So how doing that, now this has been kind of a, from the time you got married then and, and really putting your faith in action, the fruits of all this on being generous with your time, how has that had a spiritual impact on you? From, from your early years to where you are today? You know, there were, there are so many parts of my faith that, that we, I've taken for granted over the years. Um, I, I, and and I'll, these are, I'm going to jump around. I'm not going to get all this in chronological order, Bob. That's okay. But um, things like uh, the, uh, the Sacrament of Reconciliation. I remember when I was in Christ Renews' parish, uh, a group of men, and there were various positions, again, same sort of thing. You would go through it, and then you would go back through it again on the formation team. And there was a certain position that gave a witness on the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And when they, uh, when they started f the formation team and were asking folks, what role do you want to have? I absolutely knew without question that that would be the role that I would have. I would give that witness on, that on the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And the reason behind that, because there have been a, times in my life when I've been very weak, I, I succumbed to sinfulness in all kinds of ways. And I recognized that not only, I think we all know this, when we go to reconciliation, we're forgiven. But to, to draw strength from that, right, that sacrament was something that I'd never experienced before. And to be able to draw that strength from that sacrament and, and, and use that strength in my, in my life, in my spiritual life, was something new I'd never experienced. And, and I'm sitting here getting goosebumps under my arms and legs just, just talking about it because it was, um, it was so real. And to feel so, the, the mercy of God, uh, the outpouring of God's mercy upon you by taking part in, in, with a humble heart 
and and begging God to forgive you of your sins. So that's the forgiveness part that I had always experienced as reconciliation. Right. When I say the strengthening part, it's that strength and that commitment to say, I am going to be better. I am going to do better, and I'll find a way. And trusting, listen, I'm, trusting in, uh, you know, I absolve you of your sins in the name of the Father and the Son, and just being released from that and uh, part of the uh, act of contrition to sin no more. Sin no more. Now, we all strive for that. I still need to go to confession and, yeah, and be we're, strengthened. We're know. not perfect. I know that. I know I am not. So, But it's but, such a great blessing, isn't it? And that was, that was the talk that I gave in that Christ Renews His Parish. Wonderful. It was, it was not just the forgiveness aspect of it, but the strengthening aspect yeah. of it. And how you can uh, become strengthened spiritually and, uh, you know, um, and avoid that sin uh, from a position of strength. And as men... You know, we can all relate to that, right? Yeah. We, we want to be that strong person. And, right. and having that strength in your spiritual uh, life is, uh, is incredible. And that, so that's a, that's a story I'm grateful for being able to tell today. Well, I know uh, from uh, your history, though, going forward, your mission experience and uh, getting involved with uh, Christ Renews His Parish and all that has led you to bigger things in your supportive parish life. And why don't you lead us into a little bit of how you got involved with where you are now and what you're doing and, and why it's so important for you to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so I'm a member of the Knights of Columbus, uh, the, uh, our local uh, council, the Father William Pizzold Council. And uh, I've never been, you know, there's a, there's a handful of guys that are very, very active in that council. I've never been that, but I've also never been the guy that just never shows up. So I'm somewhere in the middle of that. Uh, a good friend of mine um, uh, passed away, uh, and he was, um, he, he was younger than me. He was at a council meeting. He started having chest pains, and some gentlemen took him to the hospital. They met an ambulance on the way uh, and transferred an ambulance, and he passed away, didn't make it to the hospital. Mm. His name was Ron Hobbs. And um, I always admired Ron and all the great work that he had done for uh, the church. And in a small way, I was called to, to try to fill some of the gap that was left. Uh, Ron was so active in many, many aspects of the Knights of Columbus and our parish. Um, and, and he left a hole when he passed away. And there was no one man that was going to be able to fill everything that Ron did. But I prayed a lot about that. And... Um, and really sought out something that I could do in his memory and Wonderful. to honor him. And I volunteered immediately to become the uh, Eucharistic uh, Ministry Coordinator at St. Joe's Parish. I'd always had a strong affinity for uh, the, the Eucharist, um, would go to adoration. I'm going to go back to my wife. We'd go to adoration with my wife from time to time and always felt that was a very fulfilling experience. And so to honor Ron, I took that ministry over, and I've been leading that really since, since he passed. So I've trained all the Eucharistic ministers at St. Joseph Parish, uh, helped them get commissioned as Eucharistic ministers. About how ministers. long has that been going on for you now? I've lost track, but it's six, seven years, I suppose. I'd have wow. to look back and see how long it's been, but, but it's been a while. But it's interesting to note that uh, the inspiration for you, though, came from the witness of what his giving was supporting the parish. You recognized it, and you wanted to honor him by by somehow fulfilling or picking up where he left off. 
just trying to, in some small way, fill that void that was left by right. the passing. Of the so he had an down. impact on he you. Did. Don't you think now, too, with everything that you're doing, that uh, being a man on a mission, that uh, you're blazing uh, potential new trails for somebody who's watching what you're doing? And uh, uh, without looking for compensation, you're just loving the Lord and doing what God's given you the grace to do. We are. I, I, and I'll tell you what, I, um, when I look ahead from where we are today, uh, one of the things that is, uh, is on my to-do list, if you will, it was really a, a plan for 2020, but with the pandemic, we, it all got shut down. Um, back to David Billings out at uh, St. Joseph and Josephville. My wife and I went on three or four trips with them, and uh, he pulled me aside towards one of the end of the trips and said, um, it's time for you to go do this yourself. And uh, so I had a chat with the, the pastor of our parish, Monsignor uh, Callahan, and uh, have his full support. And uh, so we are uh, working to form a mission out of our parish. And uh, we've got a very specific first uh, job to do. And one of the trips that we were on, we were helping to finish a, a preschool, a, a Roman Catholic school in Belize. And we took it from about, in a, in a matter of eight days uh, mission, we took it from about 50% done to about 70% done. That's awesome. It doesn't have to be 100% done for yeah. the school to use it, right. but it's not quite there. Right. And one of the locals that was helping us at the time told me, David, when you leave, this will sit and it will not be touched again until another group comes down here and works on this school. And so my, my commitment was, Santiago, I'll be back with some men, and we'll get this school ready for some kids to use. And that'll be our mission out of St. Joseph That's Parish. Awesome. Well, what a story you've had to share with us today. You uh, definitely have been a man on a mission. Uh, God uh, stirs in our heart the love for him and encourages us and gives us the grace to really uh, spread the good news and being uh, really live in our baptismal promises and think about all the great things you've encountered and the people you've helped, but uh, all the great blessings that God has given you by simply saying yes to him. Listen, David, I want to thank you for being my guest today on the program. Uh, I ask God to really bless you and your, your endeavors, your ministry going forward. And on behalf of the network, I want to thank you for tuning in and watching this uh, episode of Men on a Mission. Know that we're praying for you and ask you to please pray for us and pray for men to really discover how they too uh, are really on a mission to draw, be drawn closer to God. So until we see you again, know that we're praying for you. God bless you all. We love you. Take care and we'll see you soon.